Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello, it's Ashley Green here and welcome to the Successful Mentalist Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, which is the Megasode, and if you're not familiar with that, let me just give you a kind of a brief rundown before we jump straight in. If you're new into our world, uh, over the past year and beyond, we've been launching what we like to call midweek episodes, which are short, bite-sized nuggets of information, thoughts, ideas, tips to really keep you going throughout your week. And we we call those just the tip, uh, those short, bite-sized nuggets of... uh, of information and every quarter so every three months we like to bundle all of those episodes up group them together and put them into what we call one of our megasodes like what you're listening to now so let's jump straight into that and we're going to start back in uh, just a tip 27 where we discuss all about your client journey so strap in this is a fun one get a notepad and pen go out on a walk whatever it is you're up to but get ready for just a tip 27 understanding your client journey enjoy guys you know i think there's a problem aiden with a lot of entertainers out there they just kind of look at their entertainment business and they go okay i'm getting leads from somewhere better keep up the social media presence they're going to be coming from there maybe i could tweak my website copy or for those people who have taken the step in the right direction they've listened to episode 40 41 and 42 of the tsm podcast and learned all about authentic networking and we how we generate high quality leads and they go okay i get my leads through networking and they put their time there but they don't think about it anymore they don't think about the most important thing which is what we're going to talk about in a second the client journey they almost treat their clients and the people coming in as like little mystical bumblebees they just float around they just suddenly appear out of nowhere and then you've just got to try and catch them and put them through your sales funnel which you don't really think about and don't really understand you just want to hope that hey maybe there's a gig in there well this is it at the end of the day we all get obsessing uh, over lots of different elements of our entertainment business but actually this high level overview of each of the stages is really rare and, and we all mess this up at the at the best of times we're we're guilty of it in fact right now i would probably go so far as to say there are multiple uh, categories that we are working on actively to, to basically plug the leaks in our pipeline if you like um but again, if you're brand new here, this is uh, it's probably a good time to actually introduce ourselves. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan, and the guy talking about mystical magical bumblebees was Mr. Ashley Green. This is the TSM podcast, The Successful Mentalist. S- stay tuned and follow for more. Is that what the cool kids say now? I, I- I don't know. Anyway, long story short, we have got uh, in our Learn to Thrive training program, we've got five really clear categories to help you uh, with your client journey. And I'll be honest, we think these are the five categories. There are every person in your network will fall into these five categories. So rather than wasting a load of time telling you about everything that's there, we want you to think about this as you're listening to this episode. We're going to tell you the categories, all five of them, with a definition of what that category 
is and what the point actually is what's it supposed to do and all of these happen in a linear order category one into category two then three then four then five really simple really obvious so with that said ashley what is category number one well category number one of when we look at our client journey is right at the very beginning where do people come from before they turn into clients so let's start looking at what we call the brand awareness how do your ideal target clients get to hear about you where do they first see you is this your social media is this you performing at a residency is this your website or is it merely the fact that you're on google when you understand that then you can start taking action in the right direction and know where to start putting your time but we need to start looking right at the very beginning brand awareness how do people hear about you? How do they see you? Well, that's exactly it. And then moving swiftly on, once they've got that awareness and they f- they come into your world, if you like, we have this second category, which we call warming prospects, which is quite simply making sure and warming that relationship that you've got. So how do they actually engage and become closer to you as not just an entertainer, but as a person as well? You see, we're all up for saying, get a load of people on your email list and get a load of people on your social media. That's great. And 100% do that. But what's more important than all of this, and in fact, it's probably the foundation of our businesses entirely, is to actually have a connection with these people. So step two, category number two, is actually having a process, a clear-cut process on warming each prospect once they're in your overall world, your brand awareness. So with that said, what is number three in this category chain thing? Well, yeah, the warming prospects is something which is overlooked because often people go straight up and this is where they start when they look at client journey. They go straight in for this one. But this is number three on the list. You've got brand awareness first, then looking at how to warm your prospects, how they're going to warm to you and get closer to you. And then from there, you start looking at how you're going to generate leads. How are you going to turn these warm prospects, which have got a little bit close to you and actually turn them in to potential leads for your ideal target events what is your process there how are you going to do that exactly that's a really important step so to recap so far brand awareness step one how do they come into your world step number two warm prospect how do they engage and become closer to you step number three is generating leads how will you turn those warm prospects into perfect leads high quality leads more importantly than your ideal target events and you know this is actually where like facebook ads and all of this kind of stuff falls short because you don't have high quality leads coming from there you have to build that way later in the process so with that said step number four creating clients and we say create here because we really mean create not just generate clients or make clients or find clients it's not about that it's about creating a client through the relationship that you're actually building you can generate a lead and identify an opportunity but it takes a lot to then convert it which is how we create our clients we have to do this um it's almost like a i don't want to say it's like a dance because that feels cliched but it really is it's a, a symbiotic thing between you and that lead to actually close down a gig and convert it into a paid booking and that's category number four creating clients and finally the last category one that again is so overlooked what we've already looked here about clients and most people stop there but this last one is so important for you guys to look into raving fans how are you going to create raving fans what is your process of where the client's going to go through and how they're going to end up as a raving fan because oh boy 
if you've got that and if you can convert that after a gig, well, you're going to have someone that's going to come to potentially more of your public events, paying for tickets, someone who's going to book you for maybe more events if they got a party next year or a corporate event next year, or they want another college show next year or another wedding, or are they going to re- recommend you to everyone in their network, therefore upping their lifetime work? You're actually getting more work from them because they're fully prepared to go out there and refer you because they literally see you as this amazing person and they just can't stop but help talk about you because they just love everything about what you do whether it might be sharing a post or booking that show for you by connecting you with another potential client to go back around through to brand awareness, which again could be brand awareness again. (laughs) A raving fan might recommend you, but this is a constant loop which can go around and this is such an important thing. But if you nail these five areas and assess this entire client journey going from start to finish, you're going to start to build a better process in your business. You're going to start to identify flaws and features which have been missing and you're going to get higher conversions. You're going to get more leads in and you're not going to make mistakes, which often happen where you forget to do things and things slip. And I'd like to plant the seed out there because I know a lot of our audience is technologically savvy and a little bit clever when it comes down to the interwebs. When you have systems in place for each of these little categories, well, you can also automate it. You can do a lot of automation to speed up that entire process and make it really, really simple and almost feel seamless as they transition from brand awareness into a warm prospect, into a lead, uh, into a client, and then into a raving fan. And our aim is to get that raving fans category as soon as we can. And obviously, we follow that near and far between. But that is a really clear five-category process straight from our flagship training, Learn to Thrive, which if you want to pop an application in or find out more, head over to thriveinmagic.com. You'll be able to see all of the shebang, all of the details. Uh, and if you if you fancy coming and joining us, we'd love to help you through this process. But that's at thriveinmagic.com. Hello and welcome to the Successful Mentalist podcast. This is a little mini just the tip bonus midweek episode. We don't really know how to brand these yet. We need to think about that. Uh, But if this is your first time listening to the show, please make sure to follow, subscribe, do what all the YouTubers tell you to do, except on your podcast player because this is a podcast or maybe you're watching on YouTube. Who knows how you're doing this, but make sure you're following and up to date with everything to come. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan and I'm joined by my very good friend, stop laughing at me, co-host and psychic dude, uh, Ashley Green. Hello, what a wonderful intro there, the psychic dude, Ashley Green. Every time he tries to go weird, you know what, Aiden? I think I'm going to use that and actually take that into my branding and just rebrand everything as thepsychicdude.com. That's absolutely, you sound like you need to go on a surfing holiday like I did a couple of, a couple of months back. That's quite hilarious. Uh, but today, for, for to get back on track after we've gone wildly off, off topic, uh, this is a podcast episode launching in October talking about December, yet was recorded in August. So it's nice and confusing for all of us, but we are talking about seasonal burnout proofing. And what we mean by that, well, it's coming up to the festive season. And that typically means that for a lot of entertainers, we're going to get really busy really quick. We'll get a lot of inquiries. Perhaps it's the busiest time of the year, um, even if you're not a full-time pro. I'll be honest, from both of our experience, I'm sure, like as we were starting out into this world of magic, there seemed to be a dozen, a do- dozens upon dozens even, uh, of people reaching out to us as hobbyists to go and do their little private parties and stuff. So it's it's really common for this to get really busy. But obviously, we don't want you to get burned out. And 
Ashley, maybe a great place to start is to actually talk about burnout. What is it and, and why should we even care about it? His thing, as you said, we're we're entering the seasonal period here. We're going to be going into November, December, January, and uh, and obviously Christmas is coming up, where people are going to be booking loads of events, parties. They want to celebrate, let their hair down, and ultimately have a bit of fun because hey, it's Christmas. Everyone wants fun, and therefore entertainment just goes up. And everyone always seems to be getting more inquiries in and getting busier. And especially if you prepare for it like you will do after listening to this episode and the previous ones we've put out there. But the problem is, if you're getting loads of events, loads of inquiries coming in, it's very easy to sometimes say yes to all of it. And that might seem good, especially if maybe you've not had many events throughout COVID, but it's very easy to overwork yourself. Me and Aiden have a very close friend of ours who a few years back, I think he went through Christmas and had something like 30 or 40 gigs. Some days doing events back to back to back and it might sound amazing and it might sound like that's a dream, but is it really? Because once you're in the middle of it, you're just overworked. There's too much admin to do. There's too many client calls to do. There's too many emails to do. And on top of that, if you've not focused on what's highest leverage, you might still be advertising and focusing on that. <laughs> and then you've got to do the fulfillment of the shows. It's very easy to not spend time on yourself, not spend time with your family and to have a lack of sleep. And you just hit that point where it becomes exhausting. It's hard to do. It's hard to keep up. And then that's when it has an effect on you mentally and physically within your health. And also, it just gets rid of all motivation and ruins you. It really does. And it sounds quite extreme here. But the also the, the other factor is that it's also really hard to recover from, uh, both from a, a health, physical, mental perspective, but also realistically when it comes down to your motivation actually in your entertainment business. And we don't usually approach things again long-term listeners will know that we don't usually approach episodes this direct but we, we want to give you a task right now uh, and we want you to actually do this it will take maybe 30 seconds at the most but the task for you right now is when looking at the festive season specifically december set and forget your availability now this came from a conversation that we had with the wonderful Diraj. Diraj, we know you're listening to this before it goes actually live, so uh, thanks for the episode inspiration here. But what he meant by set and forget your availability, and and I think he worded it as freeze the timeline, which felt awesome. So we're saying it like that. Is basically shortcut to saying pick how many gigs you want to do, pick which days you're going to be actually available, like set that in your calendar or set that out now or block out what you're not going to be available for for example you only want to do 30 gigs and you're not going to do a 10 day stint at the end of december fill those diaries uh, fill those events and, and book that in there and don't go over that what you're actually doing there is you're giving yourself that uh, rest that switch off that that burnout prevention to actually stop yourself from getting overworked and, and struggling all the way through. It, I think it's really useful. And it's something that I know that having had that conversation with Diraj, actually, like both of us are going to be acting upon that effective immediately to actually get that blocked out and, and get really clear on that. So we're not going to get burnt out. Well, that's the thing. You're you're making sure that you're blocking out the time to focus on the things you want to do. And, and ultimately, as we've said all along from day one with the TSM podcast, live the life that you want to live. If you have a family and you want to spend a week with them over Christmas, block that out now. The reason why you're doing it now is you can act on that. You can identify when you want to be on work, when you want to be off work with a clear state of mind. Because if you start trying to think about it in the middle of a busy rush of events, it's far too easy to to not have that clarity. And then it becomes confusing. You're, you're overthinking and, and, and then 
that's going to aid and, and help burnout, which is what you want to avoid. So the thing is to act on that now. If you can set that, well, you're in for a win. And, and some people out there might be thinking, oh, but, but, but what happens? I'm, I'm going to miss out on gigs. Yes, that's the point here, because at the end of the day, you don't want to be doing every gig that comes in. You need to be selective so that you're only doing the gigs that you want to do. Why would you do the gigs in your entertainment career, which you don't enjoy? If you've got family and your main priority is to spend Christmas Day with them, why would you want to be out there on Christmas Day working if you want to spend time with your family? It's not what you want to do within your life. There's something that we actually speak about, I believe it's week one. I think it's probably even as early as, as day two of uh, our Learn to Thrive course. We actually make sure that you're really clear on your values and, and what the direction that you're going. The whole first week of Learn to Thrive is designed to to set you in motion the right uh, in the right direction, really, so that you're not having this challenge of uh, of guilt, more importantly, of being able to decline um, like inquiries and stuff that come in. And we've said it before and we'll say it again. What you want to be doing through that seasonal period is focusing on two things, fulfillment for that seasonal period. And what we mean by that is quite simply being the best goddamn performer that you can, not doing the admin, not booking the gigs, not filling in last minute inquiries. You want all of that done as best as you possibly can and automated in systems wherever possible so you can focus on being the best entertainer you can be. And then preparing for the next quarter preparing for the next few months because as we debunked in a in a recent episode by all means scroll back and, and find that and another excuse to follow and stay updated to all of our future episodes we actually explored there the fact that most entertainers feel like early parts of the year is when we get a slump in gigs that's where we get a big dip because no one has the money or there's just no events happening which actually that's not true is it it's just absolutely not true Absolutely not. There, there's events happening, and if there's not, why not make your own? Exactly, exactly. That's a principle that we actually shared in a previous episode. So by all means, go and uh, go and give that a little listen. But what you want to be doing through that seasonal period is preparing for the next three months or preparing for the next quarter where that lull might happen. And that way you're not going to be worried about, oh my gosh, stressing and burning out and panicking. And oh my God, I don't have these details for this event that's actually happening in two days time. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Panic, ah, stress, insert burnout here. And, and again, I like to call burnout the, the passion crusher. So next time you think about burnout, r- remember those words, passion crusher, because it, it always is the case. Like even if you bounce back from burnout, there's a little bit of passion inside that does get crushed. You can never restore your passion. And as entertainers, especially over this uh, whole pandemic-y kind of stuff, burnout and, and passion has get it's been crushed by a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So we want to keep those levels high, eradicate burnout set and forget your availability freeze the timeline as Diraj said and enjoy the festive season and that's all you need to do to make sure that you can take advantage of this time so that you're doing the right amount of gigs you're doing enough you're not overworking yourself and then you can focus on what matters the most to you within your own life easy as that guys and I suppose at this point Aiden if Everyone listening right now has enjoyed uh, 
mining yours tips in their ear, <laughs> as it were, they could always go down and uh, leave a little review on the podcast because ultimately, if I was looking for a new magical mentalism podcast to listen to, what would be one of the first things that I would go and look at, Aiden? I'd go and look at all the reviews personally. To see if it's any good, to see if it's worth the time investment. So honestly, if you enjoy this little mini episode, this little Just a Tip episode, scroll down, scroll up, scroll left, scroll right, wherever the review place is for you, leave a little honest review. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to see it. And we'd love to really get to know you guys a little bit better and know what type of content you want and what you're enjoying so far. Exactly that. We may even give you a little shout out on the pod as well, if you're lucky. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll do a competition. Oh, I don't know. And on that note, we'll see you guys soon. Remember, freeze the timeline and best of luck. Bye-bye. So in last week's mini Just a Chip episode, Aiden, we talked about freezing the timeline and actually booking out that time in your diary so that you're working on the days that you're working and you're not working on the days that you're not working to make sure you don't hit burnout, to make sure that you get to spend time doing the things you want to do. However, there is a thing here which I know a lot of people would have been thinking. If we freeze the timeline, if we start booking out time in our diaries to make sure that we don't do events on Sundays or don't do events on maybe that week over the festive period, what happens if we get a gig coming where there's a very, very good opportunity? Should we turn it down or should we start to get prepared to understand whether we know if we're going to take it or not? And that's why, Aiden, in this episode, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about the wonderful world of trade-offs. Now, for, for those that aren't familiar with the concept of trade-off, it's uh, understanding and accepting that every decision, every reaction, every behaviour has results. It has consequences. And when you make an informed decision about a, a behaviour, an action, a con- uh, there are going to be significant consequences as a result of it. So in understanding Understanding the difference between like cause and effect, if you like, you can understand what the trade-offs will be. For example, taking a gig on a time that you blocked out and said no. Well, what are the trade-offs there? Is it at a time that you could perhaps manage or is it going to contribute to burnout, which we definitely don't want? And when you're really clear on that, uh, the, the decisions based over the action and the consequence, you're going to be much more equipped to almost get your mind out of the way when it comes down to making these decisions because as humans we are uh, emotional believers we we think emotionally more so than rationally so when we think uh, or try to justify things to ourselves rationally it can obviously get looped and warped and that's why a lot of uh, a lot of people say they're going to do things and then not don't do it and it just gets a bit confusing but what we want to uh, suggest here is actually you prepare your trade-offs right now and there was a really great exercise that stood out to us in the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Uh, he actually gave out this really clear exercise um, on actually determining some criteria that would be act uh, that would sort of act as your trade-offs. Uh, and you'd set some minimum criteria, some maximum criteria, and follow a, a process. And every time a new opportunity came in, for example, the absolute dream gig that could potentially be really worthwhile, it comes in and exists outside of your criteria. Well what are you actually going to do? You filter that through. And we took this out and we turned this into a, a core part of actually the, the learn to thrive process, product building process. But that is so important to do and really do this now. Set your decision-making criteria so that when it gets to last-minute inquiries in December, you're not going to panic and try and scoop for every possible gig and ignore all of those timelines and availability that you've frozen set 
as from last week if you listened and really get your head out of the way so that you could just focus on doing the most important stuff that's it you start to get that criteria in place you're starting to think about okay well if a gig does come in and it's outside of my niche what would make it worthwhile for me doing if a gig does come in and i'm supposed to be spending a day with family what would make it worthwhile doing chances are if it's a million quid one gig for that you might think ah that's worth doing but if it was just 200 pounds maybe not but the criteria might not just be money it might be location it, it might be whether it's going to interrupt with family time or not if you're going to take a gig one of your criteria must be okay well i mustn't have anything booked in with my family and the list goes on this really depends on your value but what we're starting to do here is we're starting to prep get ready for it we write down bang 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 if a gig comes in it must be this, it must be this, it must be this. I must not put myself out like this. So that, like you said, Aiden, you can just filter it through the process and then shebang. You don't need to think about this when you're busy. You don't need to think and stress like, oh, should I do it? Is it worthwhile doing? And have those thoughts going back and forth because you can literally look down at your list and go, um, well, based on what I said when I had a clear mind before I got busy in December, I think this one is definitely worthwhile doing and it's worth accepting some of those trade-offs for. Or you might look at it and go, hmm, I get that there's a gig there, but when I look at this, no, no, it's not really. Well, it comes down to, to your values as well. And I know that gets thrown around an awful lot in the world of personal development and all of this kind of stuff. Like know your values X, Y, Z, but it really is important because in the example that you gave there, Ashley, um, a million versus 200 pounds for, for this gig on this one day that you were supposedly spending with your family. Well, if one of your core values, the values that you live your life by is that of uh, pertaining to family, then it's a no brainer. Even if it's a million quid, you don't take the gig. And I know that sounds bizarre to even be saying that. If somebody offers you a million pounds, turn it down. But because you're not breaking your own intrinsic beliefs, you're not going against your own belief system, you're not bending to somebody else's will, you're actually sticking to your own path here. It just makes your life so much easier. And as a result of this, I feel like it's one of those situations that just by following that, you get to live a more sort of accurate and fulfilled lifestyle based on what it is that you want to do. You're not worried about being reactive all the time and you get to be proactive, which is actually something that we're going to be talking about in next week's Just the Tip. But you get to be proactive and really intentional with your life. And just to throw it out there now, it doesn't just limit to inquiries coming in and your entertainment business. It goes so much further. You can look at this in other areas of your business, for example. Are you going to be taking sales calls on those uh, days that you've also got gigs? Are you going to be doing client meetings at the time that you're not working or not performing or, or, or anything like that? It can go to that extent, but you can also rip it out and put it into your personal life as well in understanding like uh, a really great example that um, Rian actually spoke about. Rian Doris, he came on the podcast a while back talking about peak performance and productivity. Uh, I believe that was episode 52. Um, the only reason I remember that is because of 52 playing cards and all that jazz. It's really sad, but uh, it's such a magician such a magician but it's stuck and i, I don't care because it was a bloody fantastic episode um but when i first met Rian, it was actually through a, a course that he'd released zero to dangerous and one of the components in there is that he understood that the trade-off criteria of drinking alcohol during the week was actually negatively impacting his work and his efficiency his productivity his output and all that stuff through uni so what he actually did is he set these minimum criteria he understood that the trade-off was just not worthwhile so actually no drinking during the week 
or or no going out during the week with friends and and by living that as a rule of thumb he was able to shift and transform and achieve so much more and this is kind of a call to action again i know we don't usually do it this direct but right now go and set your personal and professional criteria to basically get rid of all of these little decisions because it's willpower at the end of the day it saps away your energy and your mental resources which you need to be a a, a slick entertainer when it comes down to the seasonal period and all year round to be honest exactly you've hit the nail on the head there with this you're forward planning to make your business more automatic so that you don't have to work for it it's just happens naturally you're investing less time into it because all of these simple thoughts which you might think oh well it's easy to decide whether i need to turn the gig down or not that's still a thought that's still an element of consciousness that you've got to put into it and if you can make this whole process easier to know whether it's like a yes i do this or a no i definitely don't do that you just literally look at your spreadsheet or your word document or your notes or whatever or whatever's in your head you just go well, I know that I'm automatically going to do this. So you don't need to put so much effort. You don't need to put so much thought into it because we know if you have so many thoughts going into various little things throughout the day, then by the time you come to doing a big task, it's already at the end of the day and you already feel worn out and tired. And that's why people get stuck in the hustle because they're caught doing all these little things, these little low level priority things like, oh, maybe this thing and, and this thing and this thing. And, and then before you know it, those little, little minute things, which is what we're talking about here, that takes up an entire day because there's a multitude of them. And then you just don't have the time to put into anything else. And this is just a one step into the right direction to save you from that so that you can free up those elements of time as well exactly that exactly that and what we'd love for you to do if you are enjoying these episodes as usual make sure that you're giving them a follow make sure that you're subscribing and doing what all the cool youtubers actually say nowadays but do it with the podcast because um, we'd love to have you on board for more episodes um, but also if you'd love to to sort of Give us a little hand and give us a little nudge and help the podcast grow overall. Ashley, what is the one thing that people can do right now to help us? I don't know. All I can think of here, Aiden, is if I was going to listen to a new Magical Mentalism podcast and I wasn't really sure whether to invest my time into it, I'd probably go and look down at the reviews and see if it's if it's worthwhile listening to. Oh, that's, that's given me an idea. Maybe the people listening right now could potentially leave us a review, right? I think that would be wonderful. So wherever you are, whichever player you're on, providing your player allows reviews, go and give us a cheeky little review. I think you could probably do stars and words. We'd love stars and words. The more, the merrier, the better it gets. The I insert other words here. Go and give us a review if you're enjoying these episodes. But more importantly, stay tuned for Sunday, where we're going to be releasing another incredible episode of the TSM, The Successful Mentalist podcast. Catch you soon. Now, here's the question. Do you follow up a lead because they haven't inquired or they haven't followed up your follow up and then you actually lead and go and try and follow up their follow ups because they haven't said yes to your quote? Or do you follow up and lead with value? Do you be proactive in the relationship, offering extra support and going above and beyond in your entertainment business? Two very different sides of the coin, uh, yet you'd be surprised at how many people just chase and follow up and do random stuff for the sake of the exercise, more so than actually being valuable. And that's exactly what we're going to be exploring in this wonderful episode of Just the Tip today. Ashley, what are we talking about? Why are we talking about this? Why is this important? Well, far too often, entertainers just try and get out there and do the 
bare minimum of what they need to do and they do it without even realizing it they just think they're doing what they need to do and going above and beyond when in fact in quotation marks they're being lazy or not focusing on the right things which are really going to push the needle you know there's two things and before recording this podcast we spoke about being reactive and being proactive like you mentioned there you're going to be reactive like when uh, when someone inquires you just like literally go okay brilliant uh here's a quote and a few days later you go have you made up your mind and have you made up your mind and then they get back in contact and be like oh yeah yeah you're too expensive and you're like well um okay i'll just drop my price to this and it's like that awkward back and forth or are you proactively going out there so that you can give them the information to make you seem like a professional and look absolutely amazing on the other hand as well rather than waiting for gigs to come in those leads to come in are you being proactive and actually getting out there so that you can book more you can get more clients into your funnel you can get more leads in through maybe cold calling i think cold calling gets a a bit of a bad rep and we can probably talk about that in a second but um uh, yeah i think it's it's a bizarre situation to be able to lead with value and and you said something there about seeming like a professional and i think there's a very big difference between seeming like a professional and actually being a goddamn professional which is so capable for every person listening to this podcast right now you might even just be a hobbyist or somebody who loves a couple of tricks here uh, doing a family party every so often you don't really go jump into the world of professional corporate entertainment or something like uh, crazy like that but Again, if you could be proactive and position yourself as a professional, regardless of your experience, that will go so much further. And and in terms of cold calls, that's usually the one that gets a a bad rep because it's all awkward salesperson, sleazy sales guy trying to flog you something that you don't really want and you've got no need for, but they're trying to make you buy it because that's their job and they've got sales targets. Uh, Don't be that guy, first of all. Don't be that guy, ladies and gentlemen. That is pointless but instead cold calling can work really effectively providing you are leading with value you're being proactive in the relationship that's being had now what does that actually mean what does that actually look like well let's keep it seasonal because that's what we're talking about this month talking about seasonal events say as christmas is coming up you want to start blocking in some christmas parties well you've got two options really you can either wait for the inquiries to come in Or you can go and fill up your diary now so that you can take your mind off of all of the admin stuff, get it all done out of the way and just focus on making uh, a really good set of performances through December and smash into 2022 or whatever year you're listening to this with an absolute bang. It's, It's totally up to you. But that can only come from being proactive, starting right now, leading with some form of value. You phone up and you're talking, hey, look, are you doing a Christmas party? Like you've got two options there. Yes or no. Even a sort of is a yes. And then you can actually lead from there. So actually, maybe it'd be great for you to give some examples here. Like, what do we do if somebody says, no, I'm not doing a Christmas party. Why are you calling? And that's where most people fail. And then you just become the annoying person cold calling. Because what do you do in that moment? Most people try and persuade and then try and pitch a service. However... The reason why they're saying no, if we get inside our client's head, they might be saying, hmm, no, I'm not arranging a Christmas party because A, we've left it too late. B, we don't have the budget for it. C, John was delegated it and John doesn't know how to do a Christmas party. He hasn't got a clue. So this year we're just not going to have one or any other reason. So 
we could be proactive and maybe gives them some advice. If they say no, it's like, oh, brilliant. Well, I tell you what, let me lead this with you so that you can have a look. And if you do get around to leaving a, having a Christmas party, here's some tips or so. And you might just do that by sending them like, I don't know, uh, a YouTube video with some like specific details on there, a blog. Uh, or you might have just like a short little PDF with a couple of bullet point tips, something which is actually going to be of service, of value for those people which you're calling. Because if you know, if you're calling a company, for example, every company has Christmas parties. And if they say no, there's clearly a deeper problem. And if we can solve that with some information and help out that way, well, first of all, we look like absolute badasses and we're amazing for those people the other end of the phone because we've gone in immediately helped them with clearly a problem that they've not even said. And secondly, we've now turned that no to a yes without having to be silly or pushy, therefore upping our conversions to get more leads in. Then the next step is obviously selling the show after that. But it's a really, really surefire process, which is super effective. And it doesn't mean that you have to say, oh, you're not having a Christmas party. Well, I tell you what, have you not thought about doing this? I think you should. Blah, 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 blah. Please book me. <laughs> it seems desperate. And actually, when you can do this thing of like preempting what they're going to say and then it's it's basic sales at the end of the at the end of the day overcoming objections understanding what their challenges and their problems and their reactions might be and being able to support that which at the end of the day we're magicians we're mentalists that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to know what our audiences are going to do how they're going to behave what's going to happen like it, it's a lot of a lot of plots of mentalism actually revolve around that concept in and of itself and again when you on a call with somebody we're just using cold calls as an example here this isn't an episode about cold calls it's just the, it easily illustrates the point of being proactive uh, and, and you get on that phone and, and they say regardless of what they say yes or no you've got something valuable for them whether that is a, a youtube a blog or ultimately play to your strengths here don't go and write a blog because we've said to but it doesn't take a lot like a quick short pdf of uh, seven tips to make your christmas party awesome and in there you plug yourself it, like it, that in and of itself could work really really well for you for others, the, the YouTube, just like Ashley said, play to your strengths. Uh, but if you know what people are going to think ahead of time, how they're going to respond, yes, no, especially beautiful when it's binary, is almost like you're really reading their minds. It's almost like you're really prepared for exactly what what was coming. And as a result, you can navigate the conversation. You get control of what would be a cold call and you instantly turn the temperature up to flipping warm. It's so easy, so effective. And whenever you see that... Um, uh, in marketing anywhere if you look into the world of digital marketing and you think uh, they are co that's cold traffic or cold leads or xyz find a way to warm them up uh, before they actually do anything it's a beautiful opportunity and just simply by looking at what are the decisions what is the position that they're in what is the binary that i can help them with straight out and then creating that value up front it's going to go so much further uh, and actually help you in this journey of being proactive 100% and what we touched on here at the beginning of actually following up people after a quote I remember a few weeks back Aidan uh, when we was actually looking into our learn to thrive course with a few of our students who was actually talking about kind of the follow-up process to follow up and not be like have you made up your mind yet what are your thoughts but actually going in and saying hey by the way just suddenly thought of this here's a blog I wrote which is um seven tips for the perfect wedding day thought you might find it handy you've gone straight in it's like you've just messaged them you're now on their mind again they've got that to look through first of all you're super handy you now are that professional because you know your stuff they can see that you know that stuff and secondly without saying it 
it's kind of like that hidden saying because as soon as they open that message and see your message they're going to think oh gosh Ashley's quote oh gosh Aiden's quote oh my gosh Bob's quote oh yeah let me have a look around that oh let me get back to them about that and it's like you've chased them up without being pushy as well Another little win. Exactly that. Well, if you can spend the time, get rid of all the crap that you don't want, really streamline what it is that you're doing and get so effective at what you're doing through systems uh, or any any other approach that you like to make sure that you're on top of everything, then you get the beauty of being proactive. It's a gift to you because you're not bogged down by all of the, the grind and the hustle that as entertainers we're so good at filling our diaries with. Instead, we get to focus on delivering value, being the best that we possibly can be in our mindset our business our performance and our health and overall our quality of life is going to skyrocket and it's really as simple as that streamline and get proactive today easy peasy and aiden if anyone wants any help with this is there a place where they can go so that they don't have to put ages and ages and ages developing this process by themselves where they can actually condense it right down and get thriving in a hustle three really in a short space of time like seven weeks it's an awfully specific number. It's almost as if you knew we had a course called Learn to Thrive, designed to do exactly that, get you thriving and hustle-free in your entertainment career. Our mission is quite simply to strip away all of the stuff that you don't want, orient you on the right direction and the right path for you, customised for you, and build you, you a career, ultimately, that is based on being proactive, that you can love, you can enjoy, and gives you all of the benefits. If you want to find out more about this course, head over to thriveinmagic.com. If you have a read through the website, you feel like it's a great fit for you, or you like the sound of what we've been talking about over recent podcasts, etc., pop a little free application in, and we'll be able to talk to you and send you some more details about the course. But that is thriveinmagic.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Hello and welcome to another midweek episode from The Successful Mentalist. Of course, my name's Ashley Green. I'm joined by the wonderful Aidan O'Sullivan. And today, as the title said, we're going to be talking about kind of the real problem here with star of the show performances. And Aidan, we've got a really interesting story from one of our clients actually in the Learn to Thrive course. So can you fill us in on on what that is yeah so uh one of our clients came basically came to us uh, he's uh, in the process of arranging a corporate booking that's actually uh, actually coming up uh, tomorrow at the time of recording this which is exciting um and as part of the whole agreement process he made this uh, suggestion the the clients loved the idea of um which was quite simply to embed announcements in their show. And uh, he was waiting for quite a long time to actually get the information about the announcements that they wanted included. And and there was one. And that one was that it's the director's 25th anniversary at the company. And although that might sound like a great thing, he, they, he thought like he spent a good day on this is what we're saying here. He spent like a good day trying to think about loads of different ways, different routines. And ultimately, uh, he came up with this great routine, which would be a random selection to to pick the the director through a forcing procedure of any uh, of, of any kind, really. Uh, and then would ask uh, the routine would develop and ask a bunch of questions so that the the employees and everybody there in the Zoom call would be able to get to know the director a little bit better. And then at the end, there'd be a prediction and a little note to say "Happy 25th anniversary, uh, the company," for example. And although that sounds on the surface like a, a great routine. Ultimately, that's a, probably a good routine. But there, let's just ignore the fact that if you force uh, or, or you do a random selection process and then it just so happens to be the director, uh, 
let's ignore the fact that your audiences are probably going to be a little bit skeptical of that in and of itself. But the whole rest of the process, the problem that we've got is that even though that might sound great and it might feel great, the point in that was to bring the audience together, connect the audience a little bit closer to the director. We don't think that that's going to happen. In fact, we actually think that the opposite is going to happen and we're actually going to be driving our audience's engagement down and away just by doing that one kind of routine. And actually, maybe you could expand on this, but like, we're not huge in terms of uh, we we haven't done years upon years upon years uh, corporate environments from here there and everywhere. We don't know a lot about what it's like as an employee in that sense. We've got experience, but it's still very limited relative to many. Uh, and for me, and especially one of the big concerns is that not everybody likes the directors. Not everybody likes the the big leagues of the company or the top tier management. And and there's actually quite a lot of gossip on that. Could you perhaps unpack that a little more? Well, we know when we look at kind of my entertainment work, which is in the corporate world, that when it comes to it, everyone is a bit kind of like, oh, oh, yep, that guy, that guy. People, people resent the director. And that's because like when you're, when you're doing a show to everyone, like this guy's case, you're working with the main people, the boots on the ground, then the management above them, then the upper management, then the directors, and then the further up that ladder you go, people resent those people because they're like, oh, they don't understand us. Oh, we're not paid well. Oh, we just have to work. We don't enjoy our job because there's many other problems which we could get into, which we don't have time for just a tip uh, to talk about with, with the corporate world. And like in the shows I've seen as well, people switch off. People, not everyone enjoys their job. And when they're at corporate events, you're not going to get an audience of people who are like, yeah, I love my job. Yeah, it's great to be here. By all means, you will, you will get some people like that. And when they appear, they're lovely, lovely people. But in my experience, you always have a whole bunch of people in your audience, which is just like, it's another work to another thing. And great. Now, now there's some bum licking of the director. If anything, the, the idea from, one of our clients here was to really connect all the employees to understand the director more when in fact, because there's already that negative kind of uh, connotation to do with them. If anything, trying to bring them into this world is switching them off and, and causing more of a divide and more awkwardness when in reality, it'll be far much better to just do the, do the show in general and maybe not even do this but but that's my thoughts you know when it when it comes to these show the show performances yeah i mean ultimately we are going to talk about this in in greater depth in a in a longer form episode in a couple of weeks actually we're going to unpack a, a bunch of the different approaches that we have taken and we we see work really really well and actually give you a bunch of different tools so you can go and do this star of the show style stuff but without it coming across uh badly in this sense and, and actually allowing it to really connect your audience rather than uh splitting them up and, and segmenting them out in a in a way that you don't want as you're a performer but we thought about this and and again we, we spoke about this and had a little look and looked at our experiences of this and we thought well this surely can't be the only problem with when it comes down to star of the show. But this can't be the only case. Like it can't just go wrong in the corporate world by having this one person on a podium and, and really polishing them and, and making them look amazing or connecting the audience to them. Uh, and we had a little look around and it didn't take long. We thought, what's the complete opposite to corporate? And and we just went, I don't know, children's entertainment? 
and then realised almost immediately that the penny drops there as well. Like in children's entertainment, it's all well and good being able to say, oh, the birthday boy or the birthday girl is able to do one thing or you use the birthday girl in a, in a routine or a, a, use the birthday boy and give him a gift or this, that and the other. And ultimately, you got to look at children here in children's psychology. They have got emotions that are basically jam-packed and on steroids. Like, one birthday kid gets a gift, all the kids are going to go nuts. One birthday kid gets to, to help out the magician, they're all jealous that they didn't get to help out the magician. So you actually have to look from uh, from a wider act perspective as a, as a children's entertainer. Not not that we've done it, but we know people that we know people that do. And this is all comments from them. It's it's something that we've got to be really really careful of. And just putting that one birthday kid on a pedestal, even for just a few moments, in a, in a way that doesn't allow the group to get together can actually be incredibly destructive and and the worst thing to do at kids parties is get kids crying um unless unless you want them to cry in which case by all means keep going ahead and doing that that's fine sounds like you're describing my shows there (laughs) (laughs) very true very true um but yeah, like it's it's a bizarre concept, and, and we've explored this a little bit more. We've looked at different industries and different niches and stuff, and we are going to talk about this uh, in a lot more depth in in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's just a really bizarre point. Like we've never really done this whole star of the show to that extent in that way, uh, at least not twice, <laughs> uh, or, or at least not twice in the same way, because it's it's a very uncomfortable situation uh, at the best of times. Yeah. It really is. And at this point, I think it will be, you know, fascinating for us because we've got these whole thoughts on it. We're going to expand on it in a, in a, in a bigger episode later on the TSM podcast. So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, I think we'd generally love to hear your thoughts about the whole, uh, star of the show performances. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Are you not fast? Or have you never heard of them before? So if you head over to the TSM network, you'll find a post in there. And we'd love you to leave your comments and honest viewpoints. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Or is there anything else which comes to mind for you? Go over there, leave a comment. We'd honestly love to hear your thoughts. And if you're not already a member of our fantastic close-knit network of magicians and mentalists and entertainers from all around the world, then head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash community. You can sign up for free today and join in on all of these wonderful conversations. Exactly that, exactly that. And this is the key. We want to hear your experiences because at the end of the day, we're operating from a very limited field here and we only get to, to, well, I mean, I say we only get to talk to our clients, we get to talk to you guys as well. This is the whole point in that community is allowing us to actually push new grounds and actually widen our knowledge uh, across the world. You might be having a fantastic career in the corporate world doing what we've just described as, uh, as us polishing or whatever the heck we used to describe it you might be doing that in which case come and tell us that we're doing it wrong come and share this information and who knows we may even get your comments featured actually on the main podcast in a couple of weeks time but with that said best of luck with everything keep your eyes peeled for a new episode of the tsm podcast and come and join that conversation catch you soon Hello and welcome to another midweek episode of the Successful Mentalist Podcast. Of course, my name's Ashley Green. I'm joined by the wonderful Aidan O'Sullivan. And before we start and start dissecting one of the things we want to talk about today, which is uh, why time for money sucks and why that whole kind of thing around it, it really just doesn't work. I want to just appreciate one thing. 
31 just the tips we've done, Aiden. 31. This is our 31st one. How mad and crazy is that? That's not 31 episodes. That's 31 weeks since we thought, hit, let's be chi- yeah. let's be children and launch a little bonus podcast episode called Just the Tip and see how it lands. People love our little yeah. tips and we've kept sharing them every week on the internet. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. That was not even funny. Moving we keep that in. Moving oh, on. God, we keep that in. Anyway. Yeah, that's staying in. That's staying in. And that awkwardness is staying in as well. But today, Aiden, what are we talking about? <laughs> yes. God's sake, I'm so sorry, everyone. Uh, yeah, we're talking about time for money here. And this is the concept of... Like, two hours of entertainment is going to cost this much. Three hours of entertainment is going to cost this much. You can have a half an hour show for this much or a 40-minute show for this much. But basically, charging by time is what we're saying here. It, it sucks. It, uh, and our big call to action for you is to stop charging by time. Because, well, there's so many reasons because, but ultimately, it's just a bit shit. <laughs> It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, I've got a meeting later with a client, and she has messaged me. It's like, hey, how much do you charge for an hour and a half of entertainment? And I've just said, look, let's hop on a chat because I do things very differently. Because I don't charge for an hour and a half of entertainment. I charge for specific things, specific packages, which we will get into in a second. An actual product that does the job. Because here's the thing. If you go out and say, yep, um, I don't know many good friends actually and professional entertainers who go out and say hey for a, an hour of entertainment i'll charge i can't remember their fees i think it was something they were saying and um, they were quite low balling it but they were fine with that because it works for them they said an hour of entertainment is about uh, 250 pounds and if they wanted uh, that someone to book them for two hours they do 350 pounds okay sounds good sounds all right but at the end of the day You've you've just said to your client that for an hour you're two hundred and fifty, which means if they want to spend a bit less, they'd be like, Oh, could you just do forty five minutes instead? You've given a really easy way for someone to negotiate with you by saying, Hey, I'm just gonna take less entertainment. I'll just take less time. You're still gonna turn up, you're still gonna do some tricks, but instead of having an hour, let's have half hour. It yeah, I mean that's the big problem. What's worse is in that situation you charge two hundred and fifty one hour, three hundred and fifty for two. You've basically said that your hourly fee is a hundred quid. Not because that for like the first hour is two hundred and fifty, but because adding an extra doubling the time, you've only added a hundred pounds onto that. You can do an hour of entertainment for a hundred quid. You've basically given them free reign to undercut the heck out of you. And that is not what you want in a client meeting whatsoever. And actually, it, like, it, not only is it a bit awkward and stuff, but it means that your clients are much more likely to shop around. They're going to go to other entertainers, compare prices, put you all, every entertainer that they ever meet or ever see on the internet, all at the same level and presume that you are capable of the same thing to the same standard and the same, the same quality. It means that you are, if you charge yourself at that £100 an hour mark, they can go to the next best entertainer, a professional entertainer that's been working 40 years and is by far one of the best in the, in the country, for example, and see if they're 100 quid an hour or see if they can get them for 100 quid an hour. So it actually shoots not just yourself in the foot, but it impacts your local area, your, your community, your, your overall country and magic overall you're actually screwing over other entertainers by charging based on your time well this is a thing like i don't think you're actually being useful to to a client in general they're asking you to 
put on entertainment at their event. Come on, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Entertaining all of their friends and family and loved ones. Like, just take that. Like, the fact that they've put faith in you to, to take that job is a very big thing. And you've just gone, yeah, I'll rock up and do some magic for about an hour. It'll be this much. Exactly that, Aiden. They're going to write, Aiden, £250. <laughs> I'm just using you as an example because I'm staring <laughs> at you It wasn't me that was charging camera. 250 quid for an hour, ladies and gents. Uh, but you never know. <laughs> no, it was 20 quid if we look back at some of the old episodes and look at your first gig. <laughs> um, yeah, no comment. But yeah, no, if we, if we say Aiden X, mysterious, charges £250, they're going to go, okay, uh, let's look on this other one. Colin charges £300 and, and Brian charges £150. And they go, well, they all do magic. Uh, for an hour, we might as well go for the one with fifty pounds. They don't see any other value there. They just see a bunch of people that do tricks, and naturally, they could just shop around and look for the cheapest option because you're all people that do tricks. You're not standing out in any particular way, and you're probably thinking, "Oh, there isn't another way of doing this," and "Oh, people are going to shop around anyway." Uh, I can say that when you listen to what we're going to say in just a minute, they won't because. I used to charge hourly and I used to find this happen a lot. I used to find that people would try and negotiate me down or shop around and say they found someone else. But then, then I decided rather than charging per hour, I would charge for a service or a package. I would actually build something in general that starts to solve problems for my client. I'd put that together and say, hey, here is a product that you can buy. And when I started doing that, I noticed one thing, my conversion rate went up, people didn't start shopping around and people didn't start trying to negotiate me down because that's a product and that's my price. You know, it's one of those things like at the end of the day, yet the more problems you solve, the more valuable you are. And if you can solve those problems in a quicker and easier way, you are again, more valuable. It's nothing to do with your value is not in your time at the event. Because at the end of the day, if you can achieve like what two hours of close-up mingling does, say at a wedding, for example, two hours of close-up mingling at a wedding, say the, the main benefit of you being at that mingling bit of the wedding is to, to break the ice, introduce uh, different groups, blood, blood, blood. Maybe that's the approach you want to take. Well, if literally a 20-minute stand-up show for everybody would do the exact same thing, or maybe even do that better, have you just served your clients better? And this is ultimately a decision that you have to make here. Like, do you think you'll have served your, your clients better? For me, probably. Because what you've actually done is you freed up their time and their running and their day and made it so much better, so much quicker. And, and actually, that's what people want. People want solutions to problems that aren't going to impact or negate their original plans and stuff. And by creating careful packages which we have spoke about on a recent episode by all means scroll back on your podcast player and you'll find an episode an entire episode on this subject but if you start building and combining packages that solve more problems that don't equate to just more time involvement you will be more valuable you can up your fee you can actually get more people convert and and actually you mentioned there that people probably won't shop around now truth be told i've pitched some of my packages like these bespoke style packages to clients and they have shopped around but they've always come back and said yeah it, it feels a bit like other entertainers are all a bit samey because other entertainers just aren't doing this because no price for guessing why they're charging time for money they're basically tr charging tricks per hour ratio like that's their way of thinking instead of like look 
I can do X, Y, Z for you. Your, your event needs X, Y, Z. Well, I can do that. Here is how. Yeah. The time for money principle is something which companies have used for years upon years upon years. It's an old and outdated system that hasn't changed since war, well, like the industrial revolution and beyond. Like it's very old. It's very outdated and. I'd argue it doesn't work. And even more so within our own businesses. When we're in our own businesses, it's not about time. Because if you if you keep having to invest time, invest time, invest time to make money, well, you've only got so much time, so you're going to inhibit the amount of money that you can make. Well, exactly. It comes out of the, the this whole time for money thing. It comes out of that manufacturing production line, uh, I think more specifically towards wartime stuff, when actually they're, they're bringing these factories and they'd have to make either weapons or, or, or weapons associated materials in a short amount of time and you'd get paid based on the number of bits that you produce per hour that's like that was your ratio that's how you got paid you got paid based on your output and we kind of crossed that over into wider society overall but that's a conversation in and of itself and, and for anybody who is uh, familiar with our learn to thrive program it's our elite seven week coaching program designed to get you to achieve two objectives two very clear objectives in seven weeks to be both thriving and hustle free and part of the big hustle free part is actually managing to detach your time from the actual uh, output that you're actually making the input and the output there we want to basically free you up so you're not hustling away adding pouring hours and hours and hours into performance mode even though you might enjoy that we don't want you performing more and more more hours in because as ashley said there's a big old cap on the top of that that will stop you from actually seeing true significant growth, even if you love performing more, even if you love performing more. And we're not saying perform less. That's the important thing. We're just saying you can do your job a lot better if you think carefully about building the right packages. So actually, where can people go if they want to find out more about maybe the Learn to Thrive program to actually achieve all of this in seven weeks? There you go. So straight after this podcast, I want you to bring up the good old interwebs and go on that search bar and type in thriveinmagic.com. Thriveinmagic.com. You can bring up all of the details there and you'll be able to click on and uh, check out the old waitlist if you are interested for our next cohort to work closely with us so we can take an insight into your business, life and magic career overall. Fantastic. And on that note, we're going to leave you in uh, into the world of the world into the world of the world definitely screwed that one up thanks for listening to this wonderful just the tip ladies and gentlemen uh we look forward to seeing you on the very next episode of the tsm podcast well that was a little tip i think people enjoyed that i think people enjoyed that one adam i hope so i try my best hello and welcome to a midweek episode from tsm today is another just the tip and we're going to be talking about what aiden we are talking about the wonderful world of niche, picking your niche, why niching is actually important. We hear about it loads from all these marketing things like you need to find your niche and pick your niche and, and, and niche down and all that kind of stuff. Um, but to be honest, there's two reasons that kind of doesn't really work. First of all, we get taught how to niche really badly. And as a result, it just doesn't work. And then we just think that niching is pointless. Um, and then we've also got this other concept of uh, people try and niche down the wrong way. So hopefully we're going to get rid of that uh, in this episode because it is genuinely fundamental. Now, Ashley, what what do we actually mean by 
niching, niche down, niche. What w- what is the concept of a niche in case people haven't already heard of it? Well, quite simply, it is literally finding your focus area. Where would you like to perform? For example, in the context of us as entertainers, magicians, mentalists, all of that. It's like, hey, maybe I just want to perform at these certain types of weddings. And it really is that. As opposed to the usual type of entertainers out there who are, hey, I'll perform at parties, bar mitzvahs, funerals, weddings, corporate events, stag do's, hen pies. I'll do college tours, I'll do stage shows, and I'll also do psychic readings. Literally niching down, finding your niche, is saying, hey, I see all of these opportunities out there, but I literally just want to focus on this one specific area and really become an expert and the best entertainer in that area. Quite simply, that. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept to actually start finding out and and, and streamlining what it is that you're actually doing and going small because at the end of the day, every market is very different. Like the college market is very different to the wedding market and the wedding market is very different to the corporate world. Uh, And the corporate world is, again, very different to public shows like public stage events and all that kind of stuff. And like everywhere you go, it's going to be different and it's going to require not just uh, a, a complete marketing change, but it's going to, there's so many nuances that you have to learn and implement. For example, like the language that you use in the wedding world and the approach that you take, it's going to be very different to the language and the style of, uh, let's just say copy on a website, for example, a very different style to that of a corporate page or that to um, a, a private event because the event and the nature is actually different. And there's kind of two um, elements to a niche and we'll come to this in a little while there's a question that we like to ask uh, called the one show prophecy but which is uh, really important but just to, to make it sort of clear um i heard a great marketer talking about the, the concept of niche the other day and uh, he gave the analogy of like a fishing net and i want you to imagine that we're all fishermen uh, or, or fisher women or fisher people or, or, or just not magicians for a second um and, and it gave this great concept that, that we have a net and we can throw that out into the ocean uh, and, and, and use that to catch fish, obviously. In, in our case, the net is just our work, time, energy, resources, and the fish are just the opportunities and like the gigs, if you like. Now, we can throw that net really, really wide. We can throw that net absolutely uh, humongous because theoretically, the, the the gig to opportunity ratio is, is much bigger. Like We've got way more gigs there, theoretically. But what happens to the size of the holes in the net when you throw a really big net and you stretch that net out? And in in this situation, the holes of that net get so much bigger. And as a result, the gigs and the opportunities could just swim straight through. And then you're hustling, you're grinding, you're doing an awful lot of work in an awful lot of areas for little to no reward. And that's kind of not what we want. What we want to do is throw a nice small net in a nice small area where we know there's fish. And as a result, we can get fish and in this case gigs effortlessly and and it's really simple in that sense we're not going to try and waste our time energy resources on something that's truth be told not that important it really is and this is a thought that comes across everyone's mind isn't it it's all the time and it is that fishing net analogy everyone goes well if i make myself diversified as if i can do every event out there well there's naturally going to be more opportunities that's at least what people think they're going to be like, well, more people will come to me. I'll be able to do those events. I'll be able to market myself to all of these places and I'll be able to get more. Theoretically, that's a logical point in people's minds. But you've hit the nail on the head. The gaps in your net are so much bigger, people slip through. And the problems, as we've already discussed at the beginning of the episode, Aiden, with copy. Your website is just becoming a big 
bland. People are going to land on it and go, oh, they just kind of do everything, as opposed to landing on, for example, your website, Aiden, and people going, oh, well, this guy is an expert in weddings. Like, clearly, he is the guy. He is the one. If someone's looking for a wedding, they're more likely to go for you because you are an expert in that niche. As well, the time investment that you've mentioned there. So many people say, yeah, I'll be able to do more. But if you've got to market yourself for weddings, corporates, funerals, bar mitzvahs, the list goes on and on and on, your time is your most valuable asset and you've only got so much of it. And now you're splitting it between these five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty different markets. It means that your marketing is going to be less effective. So actually, the, the, the thought process of spreading yourself out there, Aiden, as we've explored with that fishing net kind of analogy, in your head, you think like you're getting more, but you're spreading yourself so thin, you just don't get anything in. And this is a real problem with our industry. Everyone out there is doing that. Everyone out there is trying to catch as many fish as possible, but they're letting so much slip through, and it's a real big problem. At the end of the day, it's just, it just comes down to that focus um, from us. Like, what do we actually want to be doing? And if we want to be doing 101 different types of ev- uh, events, or we, we're up for 101 different type of events, it means that we've got to go ahead and do 101 different type of events worth of process whether that's and marketing is just one very small example of the much bigger picture like it it becomes very difficult to actually focus on what what you want to do and there's two elements we hinted at it earlier but there's two elements to a really great niche and that's actually who your 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 client your ideal target client is and also what it is that you do like if one of them is really specific the other can get away with being a little bit more broad but we we have this question called the one show prophecy question and we've been coaching it for years it's genuinely um profound and it, it quite simply reads like this and, and and i want you to think about this as we're actually saying it right now because there's probably going to be some answers that pop to mind and if there are jot them down write them down because these are the people that are going to move you to the next step and these are the types of gigs that you are naturally drawn to and you want to actually Go and go and do those instead. But uh, the the question is quite simple. And if you could meet one client, one client that would pay you infinitely and fill your diary with just one type of gig, who would that person be, and what events would you do? And there's a there's a lot of psychology going in there, and we won't dissect the whole thing right now. But the point here being is like, who is that one? client and get really clear on that person not just are oh, there 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 a couple get married because a that's two people that's not one client that's two people um and b it's still way too broad uh, it's still very big picture but what you want to do is you want to get really specific on who you help and, and who you're actually performing for and serving in this situation and also really clear on how you're doing that what it is that you're actually doing because if you want to go and do stage and you're hustling away um close up at weddings and actually your one client is um like a a, a ceo of of a, of a some business somewhere that does and you want to go do stage it's like one of these opportunities is much more simple to actually chase and go after um and and that's kind of what the one show prophecy does so one more time just for just for good measure if you could meet one client that would pay you infinitely and fill your diary with one type of gig who would that person be and what events would you do? Great question. And I'm sure it will get some of you thinking. And, you know, I think this will be a great opportunity, Aiden, to maybe 
delve into the minds of all of our listeners here if maybe we whack up a little post over in the tsm network and they can answer below over there share your thoughts share your ideas and it will give you an insight into how other people are thinking and also well you'll be able to share what you want to do what you want to focus on and who you want to focus on serving join us join our world come over into the tsm network share that we'll be able to share a link of a post in there but if you're not already a member in our community well aiden how can they join our world? How can they join in with all of these wonderful discussions with all of the other magicians and mentalists? Well, all you need to do is head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash community. You'll be able to uh, pop your name and email address in there and we'll send you all the details to sign up and join the community. It's totally free, totally fun and totally fantastic. Totally rad. There you are. Well, that's been another awesome Just a Tip episode. As always, my name's Ashley. That's been Aiden. And remember, hop over, say hi, have a chat, and we'll see you guys soon. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Successful Mentalist podcast. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan, and that over there, wherever we're, where I'm pointing around, and then I've realised that actually uh, the listeners, again, still can't. And we've been doing this for literally since we started. I'll have to chip in. Stuff it's Ashley Green. I'm here. I'm here yeah. in your ear. Is oh that was weird. Um, uh, today we're actually um, in this little just a tip episode. We're, we're talking about the problem with cold outreach. Now we know that uh, as entertainers, um, a lot of what we do it relies on this whole word of mouth kind of stuff that seems to work really really well for all entertainers. However, there's a bit of that that that, that doesn't get factored in, and that's actually. Uh, starting the word of mouth chain in the first place and doing a lot of this cold outreach actually having to uh, go and, and contact somebody that you've never met before or maybe it's like the owner of a venue or maybe there's a I, I, I don't know there's like somebody that you would like to connect with but you've genuinely never met and as a result you have to go in um co completely cold and most people especially the people in uh inside learn to thrive they started asking this this same question just in different forms and that's quite simply um why is cold outreach so hard? Uh, so, Ashley, um, why is cold outreach so hard? Well, it's hard, I think, because most people do it wrong. Let's give an example of one of our students in Learn to Thrive. They were going away constantly like, Aiden, I remember why I showed you what they were doing. They had a whole spreadsheet of literally all the different events, companies, event planners in their area. Fantastic. And they went, right, I go through every day and I message them and I phone them and I email them, but I don't get any results from them. Okay. This is a big issue. Like they were going in cold and it wasn't going away. It was literally the fact. It's hard. Cold reach is hard. It was, it was that question. Why was it hard though? Because they were going about it all wrong. They was going straight in and phoning these people or messaging these people on email or LinkedIn or text or whatever and saying, Hey, I'm the local magician. Do you want to team up? Do you want to literally do a magic show with me? Can, can, can people book me? Blah, 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 blah. They were going from zero to 100 so quick. And as a byproduct, the people who they were messaging were literally just turned off. It was like, Hey, I don't even know you. <laughs> I have no idea who you are. You've just entered my world. And now you're saying you want me to refer you to all my good clients. Now you're saying you want me to book you for these events that I do. No, thank you. Goodbye. That's the problem with cold outreach. And it can be solved quite simply by just being more friendly and being more personable. And when you can do that, you get more results. Let's dive into that.
Well, just before we get to there, I think it's really important for people that aren't necessarily familiar with this concept of of cold outreach or or cold traffic or or anything like that. It's really important to understand that there's a few key categories of traffic that you can get through your your network onto your website or or to anywhere, really. Um, And there's three kind of categories. You've got cold traffic, warm traffic and hot traffic. You kind of saw that one coming. It's pretty self-explanatory here, but to, to dive into each. Cold traffic being people that you've never met before, you literally don't have a relationship with at all. There is no connection whatsoever. It's probably the first time you've heard of them or they've heard of you. Um, it's completely cold because uh, I want you to imagine like, um, like, like, imagine everybody like your clients and all these prospects uh, are chickens and you want a really good chicken dinner now you're not going to eat it just cold and raw you have to cook it up so actually you've got to move people from the i'm going with it i don't even care you have to move them from this complete cold raw chicken uh, into warm and hot and now how do you do that well first of all you put it in the oven and bear with me, this is going to make sense in a second. You, you put them in the oven, uh, and, and that oven, for, for lack of a better metaphor right now, is the nurture process where you're actually going to connect with them. You're going to become personable. You're going to understand them. You're going to relate to them. You're going to be able to get that relationship actually moving so that, most importantly, they have a connection to you, and the other way around works the same. You have a connection to them because before we even go in, like the people, as you said, actually, people go in cold, hoping for something and expecting something when there's nothing there in the first place. And what we want to do is we want to bring them uh, from that cold raw chicken all the way up to something that is is it's on the way to being a really great dinner. It's, something, it's on the way to being really tasty. Um, and then that leads to that third category there that actually the um, hot traffic, hot leads, hot chicken. Uh, and that's 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 where you want to be eating from. That's that's the pool that you really want to be dipping into. That's the pool of people that you really want to be um, sort of connecting with and spending more time with. Why? Because it's the perfect chicken. It's the most satisfying chicken dish you will ever eat. And and you do that through this process of taking complete strangers into this relationship, building that relationship, adding that personal touch, having that really great dynamic there, warming that to a point that it is not just a um, just a relationship but it's more of a like a a connected friendship uh, of kind of of some sorts because then when you ask they're more likely to to reciprocate upon that ask because you've built up that that sort of value um there you go there's a new training for you for you ashley the uh the chicken metaphor uh to to i don't know something I, I hope it made sense. Stop eating raw chicken. Stop going in and stop saying, hey, do you want to book me and eating your raw chickens? Put them in the oven, warm them up, cook them, and then when they're ready, then you can dig into your dinner. You know, I, I've always, um, I haven't summed it up with a chicken analogy, but the way I always used to sum this up, Aiden, was like, uh, <laughs> I don't was think like anybody dating. summed it up as, like a, as a chicken analogy. Let's be, be honest, when you started saying that, I was like, is he describing chicken run? <laughs> I got very confused where this episode was going, <laughs> but I, um, I always described it as like dating, like, you know, reaching out cold and going in straight away and just pitching yourself immediately. Like this works in restaurants as well. Like when people were looking for residencies, just going in and say, Hey, do you want to book me? I'm an entertainer. They'd be like, well, go away. I don't even know who you are. Like I always describe this. Imagine if you were dating. Imagine if you saw someone on Facebook or Instagram and went, Hey, they're pretty. I'll message them and message them. Would you like to marry me? You'd be a creep. They block you. They'd say, no, it's the exact same thing as in entertainment. Like if you actually wanted to get with them, you'd, say hi and then you'd connect with them on a more personal level 
And that's the exact same that we need to bring into our business. And when you can start to understand that, whether you're looking at a dating analogy or whether you're looking at cooking chickens or whatever, both processes are the same. You're warming people up, getting them used to you. You're finding more about them. And yes, it does take a little bit longer, but you get so much more results out of it. And it doesn't take that much longer. You just actually need to be human. You just literally need to invest a bit of time into them and show that you actually care and that you're a real person, not just a money-hungry magician that just wants every gig under the sun. Well, exactly that. I, th- I love how this one episode here, talking about the absolute crux of the reason most entertainers struggle and grind and hustle all the way through their entertainment careers, uh, has literally turned into both a dating show and a cooking show all, all at the same time. That is what you call productivity right there. Uh, but yeah, as you were saying, Ashley, like it's this whole concept of, of, Leading without expectations, actually being the, the, the generous person actually in that. And we always say that like the concept of networking, because that's what it comes down to, even if it's cold traffic on your website, it's you still want to bring them closer to you in your network. Um, whether that's them putting their name and email address in a, in a, in a form on your website or, or dropping you a direct message or, or, I, I, or anything, actually having a conversation with you. That's, that's the dream. That's where you want to be. Um, but, but, but I can't remember the point I was going to make there, but it's 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 important that we're, we're bringing people closer, leading with that generosity and actually being able to uh, go in without expectations. Like, yes, they might be having a conversation with you, but you shouldn't expect a gig out of that. You shouldn't be like, oh, yep, great. Now is the time to, to go and get a gig or now is the time to go. Because, again, what you want to do is um, a really great measure of this is just relationship quality, RQ, uh, and, and quite like, literally for everyone in your your networking relationships um just look are they how where would you rate them on a scale of one to five one being terrible relationship needs a lot of work and five being so good friends outside of a professional setting where would you rate this person and if it's anything below like a four you want to spend more time actually warming them up popping them in the oven so that you can then ask the question and you'd be more likely to actually receive a result but yeah networking it's a long-term strategy with short-term benefits i feel like we need to tweet that or something that's a really pithy thing to to put on twitter but there you go keep that quote and then keep the quote with a chicken analogy as well but no you know just to drum this in before we finish like the way i go around this when i'm looking at outreaching to people cold i'm not saying you want to book me when i outreach to suppliers photographers and all these people in that industry i message them for example photographer i just say hey great photos but only if i genuinely care and i think they've taken a great photo that's that's my opening pitch they're now going to get all of the spam from other suppliers like do you want to work with me do you want to work with me and then finally a nice guy saying great photo they respond and then i have a back and forth chat about them finding out about them bang i'm in and i'm warming up that friendship warming up that client and i'll give a real world example that happened the other day aiden uh someone that i'm looking to get a residency from I didn't ask them about a residency. I knew I wanted a residency there. I just connected on that level. We went out for uh, for some drinks. They came in um, to uh, a little other place where I was uh, also performing as well. And they're like, oh, hey, Ashley, how you doing? You should pop down to the pub afterwards with us. Couldn't for obvious reasons, but I'm now in more of that friendship zone so that I can literally say, hey, do you want to book me? <laughs> boom done and i don't need to seem like that desperate guy like i've taken the time to care about them and it means that your efforts are so much more successful and you also get good communication and a nice bit of fun out of it like we enjoy this stuff it's, it's good fun we genuinely enjoy it 
A hundred percent. And if anybody wants to, to, to come in and actually learn the full processes uh, behind all of this to actually make sure that this is completely solid, uh, you can head over and join us inside of Learn to Thrive. That's our elite seven week coaching program uh, designed to get you thriving and hustle free in your entertainment career. And, and to, to find out if you're a great fit, um, takes literally a couple of minutes at the most. Head over to thriveinmagic.com and all of the info about the program will be there. We'd love to actually help you get this dialed in. But to summarize today, clients are like chickens. You have to warm them up before you eat them. Don't date uh, strangers on the internet. Is that the point we're making? Let's say that. Yep. Let's don't stop, date strangers. Stop marrying strangers. <laughs> stop marrying strangers. And, and um, stop eating raw chicken. Yeah, there you go. Um, thanks, everybody. <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. See you soon, and uh, good luck with your chicken. Hello and welcome to another midweek episode from The Successful Mentalist. Of course, it's another Just a Tip episode today. My name is Ashley Green and I'm also joined with a man in the white shirt and blue cardigan. That is... Aiden. Woo! O'Sullivan. Just, you know, for consistency, had to fill in your surname, as always. I thought I was going to go like a full, like, Madonna, Rihanna, Aiden. Yeah, it doesn't really, does it? It sounds awful when you put them together. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on quickly, please. What are we talking about, Ashley? Yeah. We, sure, well, you know, today's another Just a Tip episode. Little short, little bite-sized nugget midweek to get you thinking. And we had a lot of magicians and mentalists, entertainers asking us, boys, how do you... How do you get gigs as an entertainer? How do you actually get the work in? Like, what do you do? Market yourself? Was it social media? Blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. They're like, how do you actually make this stuff work and get paid to do what you love and book these shows? And the truth is, it, it can be really simple. And those long-term listeners to... um to our podcast and who are in our network and who have seen like the other resources we've been sharing will know that our favorite strategy is literally authentic networking one because it's fun we actually enjoy talking to people and having a good time two it doesn't cost any money to do and three it actually works and you actually connect with people on a deeper level you don't have to deal with constant cold traffic all the time like you've got people that know you well you know them well and it's like i say it's just something which we're really passionate about because we actually just enjoy it and that's why in this episode we thought we'd actually flip this around and share our top three resources for everything to do with networking now, before we get into those, it's really important to see that there's like, um, when it comes down to marketing and landing gigs and all of that stuff, um, there's a, there's a spectrum, right? And on one end, we've got the, um, organic approach, which is, uh, we'll post stuff out into social media. We'll, we'll share content online and people will find us naturally over time. And, and yes, that works. It's great. It works. But the problem with that is that it's very slow. It can take quite a long time, sometimes even years, to get any real momentum actually out of that. On the other side of the spectrum, we've actually got like the paid ads route. People think, well, the complete opposite, then I want to be quick, uh, is to go and throw paid ads out there, which work. Again, another strategy that works really effectively. However, the problem with that is that that gets expensive, especially if you don't know what you're doing, especially if you're just getting started on that front. You basically end up throwing money, uh, throwing money down the drain just because you're not doing it the right way, X, Y, Z. Uh, and so there's kind of like these two ends of the spectrum here that we neither are really fantastic. We've got organic, which is completely free to do, especially if you're early stage of your business. 
but really goddamn slow. And then on the other side, we've got this paid route, which is very expensive. And again, not what we want, but there is a middle ground. Uh, and that middle ground is quite simply the networking approach because it's fast. So we steal from the, from like the paid ads approach. It's fast and it's also free. So free and fast, that's definitely the way I want to run my business. That's definitely the way I want to actually grow um, both personally and professionally. Free and fast, that is the way forward. So networking really is that pillar in the middle. And um, yeah, our first resource is a book. Uh, I've got it right here. It's absolute goldmine. Uh, it's Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Now, We've studied uh, a lot of Keith's work, and uh, his work has pretty much informed the majority of our um, mindset around networking. Because the the man is is an absolute genius. People call him like the modern day Dale Carnegie and and the, the Godfather of networking. And genuinely, this is a fantastic uh, a fantastic book in and of itself, with the concept of you guessed it, never eating alone, actually being able to find people and connect with people and, uh, and and fill what might be your empty time with people time and serving and helping others. Um, it goes a lot more in depth than that, but that's genuinely an absolute fantastic book. 100%. When we first found out about Keith, we just literally stalked him everywhere, followed all of his work because it changed the way that we actually dealt with our own businesses and our also personal life as well. The guy's an absolute genius. And honestly, if you spend five minutes just diving into his world and reading anything he's put out there, or even that just the first few pages of Never Eat Alone, it will change the way you do business and change I would say your personal life as well with how you actually deal with those relationships you have personally, you know, really, really fantastic read. It will change everything. That's all I'm trying to say, Aiden. It will literally change everything. Now, we do have a second resource. And this one, again, is, a, is another book for all you lovely bookworms out there. And this one really affected a lot of stuff of what we was teaching in a few elements of Learn to Thrive, of how to be a little bit more selective, how to be a little bit more, as you would say, essential, because the book title of this book, Aidan, is... Essentialism. This is a an absolute fantastic book uh, by Greg McEwen. McEwen. Um, McEwen. <laughs> butchered the name there. Uh, it's just type essentialism book anywhere on the interwebs and it will pop up. Uh, and it's by a dude named Greg. Now, essentialism, it's, it's this whole concept of rather than doing everything, let's do what is essential. What is essential? What What is absolutely fundamentally essential to you right now? Um at, a, at the time of recording this, I'm actually going through. Um, there's a there's a 21 day essentialism challenge over on uh, Greg's website uh, that I'm actually in the middle of right now. And uh, there was one little picture on there uh, that I set as my background. It's not a wallpaper or anything, but I set it as my background on my desktop. And, and there's just a big question like, "What's the most important thing I need to do today?" And just having that essential practice has been really useful to actually. Um, working out a what the heck I'm supposed to be doing each day but it, it's a it's a mindset it's a belief shift and and how does that relate to networking well what is essential to our our world as entertainers like we're always marketing we're always doing lots of different stuff but if the most essential thing and, and the easiest thing to to get us uh, into bookies is to to work with the people that respect us and to work with the people that will help us actually achieve our our, our world like it becomes really straightforward. Like, what is essential for this person? How can we help them? And also, like, what do we actually need to do? It's a, it's a, it's just a, 
it's hard to get really specific over why this is important, but it is such a big mindset shift rather than trying to do everything. We're actually doing the right stuff. It's one of those ways which you can really get hustle free by optimizing this rather than doing absolutely everything. You're focusing on the most important, important, highest leverage tasks out there. And you're really identifying that because there's so many things we can do within our business, isn't there? But ultimately, if you start stripping it back, as you say, as your phone wallpaper now says, what's the one thing I need to do today? It really gets you thinking, okay, what is the most important thing? Oh, maybe it wouldn't be this. Maybe it wouldn't be this. Maybe it wouldn't be this. Ah, okay. I should probably focus on this. And it stops you getting distracted. It stops you getting bogged down with everything. And you can just keep that forward trajectory absolutely going to go in the right direction without investing millions and millions of hours on top. And I would also argue if you're not busy as well, being a little bit more essential makes you more aware of the things that you need to start doing within your day rather than being put off and going, Hey, there's so much to do. Where do I start? I have no idea. If you're essential and you know what you need to do, you're like, okay, well, I've got this one task. Okay, I've got these two tasks. Let's get these done. So it really helps with that clarity as well. A hundred percent. And it's 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 this consistent growth, isn't it? It's this whole concept of it. It's a mindset, and by being really selective and really careful over what is essential, it's going to tell you what to do and what not to do who to talk to and who not to talk to and and that's that is profound in this whole concept of networking it's a it's not a networking book but the the mindset will change the game for networking uh pretty much for good 100% and that brings us on to one of the last things we want to share we mentioned over the past Forever, literally forever, guys. We've been talking about networking and our approach to getting gigs for quite a while. So, Aidan, what have we decided to do? Well, uh, if you head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash networking, you're going to find a massive article up there outlining everything that you could possibly need to know about networking as an entertainer we've got links to bonus trainings bonus resources past podcast episodes it's it's basically we've 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 brain dumped everything that we could possibly think of uh tidied it all up so it's not just our 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 fluff and waffle it's a really clear-cut um article there for you to actually go sink your teeth into and um yeah, no, it's it, it, it's it's really great. It's it's really great. It started as a, a couple of podcast episodes that you guys, the listeners, absolutely loved. And uh, yeah, we've just taken it to a whole new height. So if you head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash networking, you'll be able to uh, give that a read. And it's totally free as well. Look at that. Say that we don't care. I dare you. I dare you. With all the free stuff putting out there, we absolutely love you guys because, gah, I know that you're going to benefit from this so much. So definitely give that a little check out. Give it a little read. Let us know what you think. And that, again, is thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash networking. Hello and welcome back for another Just The Tip episode of the TSM podcast. It's coming up to the festive season and we thought, well it's not coming up to the festive season, we're right in the middle of the bloody season. Uh, and, and today we thought we would um, you know, share some awkward gig stories and uh, just uh, just have a little bit of a, a bit of a laugh. And as we started talking, uh, it, it transpired that um, my awkward gig stories just, I don't want to say... Incompar- incomparable or just completely they're very very different to Ashley's um, 
So we're going to let Ashley take this one today, actually. He's going to share a story that um, I found particularly amusing and thought you guys would all want to actually hear about. So, Mr. Ashley Green, tell us about that time that you may or may not have nearly got punched in the face. Yes, I nearly got my face caved in midway through a show. Shall we talk about that one today, Aiden? Sounds like a fun one. It sounds like a fun one. Uh, honestly, it had me in stitches the first time you told me. Um, yeah, just amusing. But uh, like, there is a moral to this story, and we'll come back to it at the end. But but tell us, what happened? Well, I think this is a standout today. I mean, I've got many a stories from families bursting out crying mid-show, like a whole family of five people mid-show that was like just full-on tears, not emotional tears because of the material or mentalism. No, they were literally sad crying mid-show. I've got things of me breaking... Things from the audience, watches, phones, blah, 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 all of that. But uh, this one, this one really stands out. And picture this, it was a beautiful wedding, wonderful wedding. Uh, the clients were so excited for it. They were loving what I was doing. You know, the married couple, they were they were going great. The, the audiences were loving it. Um, it was midway through doing a, an hour show. It was a it was a big show, um, for for the wedding straight after the wedding breakfast, just before the disco. Show was going great, and then I get right up to the moment that I start revealing some personal information, and I start revealing a uh, part of a password, um, and uh, and a guy stands up. Audiences were loving it, by the way. Audiences were loving it, and a guy stands up mid show and he goes, "Oi." Me, you, outside, now. And I'm like, do I? What? <laughs> He's like, outside, now. I'm having a word with you. Bearing in mind, this guy has taken the moment to stand up mid-show. <laughs> and the room went silent as this guy was just challenging me and saying, outside, we're having a word now. And I'm like, can it wait till after? And he's like, we're going now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Oh dear, <laughs> this is not good. So naturally one does what any normal person would do, aggravate the man by playing it back and forth with the audience. Like, shall we go? Shall we potentially get my face punched in? What are we gonna do, audience? Let's have a vote. You know, everyone's kind of like awkwardly laughing because they're like, that's funny. But at the same time, there is a psychopath wanting to kill you. <laughs> so we do the, the, the vote and the audience goes, yeah, go on then, see what he has to say. So we, we walk out and he's like aggressively coming over, like basically dragging me out. And I make sure to stand where I'm in view of the audience in case it gets real. And I get my head caved in. At least people can see it happening. <laughs> and that'll be the big finale. And uh, the guy whispers in my ear and he goes, I know what you was going to say. You was going to say, uh, I think the name was Vicky. You was going to say Vicky, weren't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Now, the problem is you can't say Vicky, because that's the other woman that I'm seeing, and I ain't with Vicky today, so we can't be saying that, can we, mate? And I've gone, oh, you naughty, naughty man, this is not good. <laughs> and we walked back in, the most awkward walk back in, deathly silence as me and this man. He sat down, I walked back on stage, and the first thing that came out of my, mind, my mouth was, stand up. So in front of everyone, I think we can assume I was right. Yes, sit back down. Right, let's carry on, everyone. And uh, yeah, and then I finished the show miraculously. We carried on. It was a fantastic show. And uh, I managed to survive, Aiden. 
getting my head caved in by a man who was off his nut and cheating on his wife. <laughs> it's just so many Which I, which I nearly outed, which I nearly outed in front of everyone there. Literally given five, ten minutes and, that, and things could have gone so much worse. I, I, that story just had me in stitches the first time. Just oh, it's and, so many- and before that... Before that, in the show, I forgot to add on that I also outed another man to his wife for having a severe gambling addiction, um, and uh, and I think they may be divorced now. Same show. That has taken a turn, and um, I yeah, moral of that story is um, be careful what you peek. Be careful what you reveal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And also, uh, the most innocent things which you think revealing, even if someone has written it on your impression pad or anything like that, may still be awkward. And uh, you've just got to be able to adapt. But no, I think this comes from the uh, the serious thing. Um, unexpected moments can just occur for whatever reason in your shows, you know. You could reveal the most innocent piece of information, even if someone does write it down on an impression pad, on a peak device or whatever. And if, in this case, the poo-poo hits the fan and you have a psychopath threaten you, you've just got to be able to adapt with it because so many people would just crumble there and that could have a knock-on effect. And, like, imagine that. Like, this guy ruins the show for everyone. Bride and groom are like, oh, my gosh, one of our friends literally ruined that show. That's horrendous. And you've always got to think, like, what can you do to make this still fun for everyone? Like, you don't want to leave on the fact of, okay, that's the end of the show. Like, it just got a bit weird and, oh, great. You know, everyone's going to be in a downer. You've, you've got to find ways of just, like, bring it back through, dealing with the situations with, like, that level head and then kind of finishing off and make sure everyone, and I'm saying everyone, is okay in their individual ways. And at the end, they're all having fun and all enjoying it, no matter if anyone was outed for certain things. <laughs> that's brilliant and if anybody um like we, we we all get these great stories and one of the things that would be absolutely hilarious is to is to come and share them head over to the tsm community and uh and to come and whack a post tell us about your awkward gig story uh but maybe start it with hashtag awkward and then we'll all know what we're what we're getting in for um could be quite fun over the festive break to read it read a bunch of awkward gig stories or if you're listening to this into the new year or or in two years time by all means still come over to the tsm community and pop hashtag awkward in there and um yeah no, just come and share your stories and, and more importantly what did you learn from them because uh there's there's always there's always a lesson to be learned as proven by today's story uh in which ashley nearly got his head caved in there we are but i'm still alive <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous it's so ridiculous but yeah on that note uh you probably won't hear from us before the festive thing actually happens you know christmas so uh ha- happy christmas and uh we'll see you in the and new a merry year. new year and a, and a what and a merry oh, new yeah, year it's all gone bad we'll, see you soon everybody we'll see you soon guys For all of you wonderful people all over the world in the 103 countries as of recording this today, for all of the people in South Korea, the Yemen, in the Himalayas, out in Kuwait, in Greece, in Japan, over in the UK and America and Pennsylvania, and the list literally goes on in all you wonderful countries. 
the people listening, thank you so much. You have absolutely made this year absolutely incredible. And from TSM, we want to wish you all of the success in 2022. So with that said, come on. Happy New Year, guys. It's been such uh, an eventful year for, for for us personally, professionally. And, uh, and as TSM, I feel like since we... I know we say this, but since we started back in, I can't believe we started 2019. We started in 2019 or was it 2020? 2020. Mate, he's sure? a year behind. He, so but this, is a, this is the joys of the famous year of 2020. It oh, just becomes a blur. It just becomes a blur. No one realised that year happening. It went straight from 2019 to 2021. And Aiden's there. He's one of those people that just... He got he got wiped out in 2020. Who knows what happened there? Blame it, Thanos. Um, yeah, no, it's like, oh, God, blimey. Yeah, I forgot that we're in 2021. We're going into, well, obviously, we're 2022. Happy New Year. This is the whole point. Oh, my God, I'm so far behind. But it's been a journey. It's been such a, a, a long journey uh, to get to this point. And we're, we're at the point now that TSM is growing so fast. It's moving so fast. And... It's not even us at this point. What we say by TSM, the successful mentalist, it's no longer about the business as much as it is. It's it's actually about the impact. That's what TSM now is. Like we set out um, one of our first missions at TSM was to set out turning the successful mentalist into a lifestyle, not just a company or a, or a brand. And it's happened. It's it's it's. We're there. We're getting there and, and, and growing and serving and, and helping people. I'm looking up at the calendar now. It's been such an eventful year. It's been so much stuff. Uh, and I'm, I'm just so excited for the next year. Like what, we're, what we've got planned and what we haven't even planned yet. That's the most exciting stuff. I'm, I'm excited about new opportunities for for, for us and, and for you guys actually listening to get involved with us, maybe even come and meet us. Like it's going to be good fun. Um we're in a we're in a we're in a very weird position right now because uh, there's just so much happening. Oh, we want to do everything and everything all at once. You know, we had our um our little lunch meetup, our first in person meetup in London, Aiden. Oh, fantastic! We got to meet a few of your lovely people, see your lovely little faces in person, which was crazy. You know, we started 2021 with TSM Live with over 500 attendees, with incredible guest speakers from and. People tuning in from all around the world, people pulling all-nighters just to watch our online convention. And then we had our first in-person meetup as well this year. Like, it's been crazy, so goodness knows what is on the horizon for 2022. Maybe proper convention in person who knows who knows just floating the idea <laughs> well that's it we'll we'll have a hundred people now commenting in the tsm network be like where's the convention boys when's that happening um on a serious note if enough people do say it we'll do it it's as simple as that as with anything across tsm if you guys want something ask and we shall deliver um as best as we can when we can if we can um but our commitment is in that order so so we're gonna try and uh try and make that happen Hundred percent, hundred percent. But no, it really is just a thank you from us to you for one, you know, tuning in, listening, and also sharing these episodes with your friends. You know, sharing the information. Our main mission, as you know, we've said it enough times by now, but to repeat, it really is to improve the quality of life for all magicians over the over the world. And and we couldn't do this without you, wonderful people, sharing the advice that we're sharing, teaching other people with the information, you know, and bringing people into our world as well. You guys 
absolutely rock and we're looking forward to all of the wonderful things that next year has you know and what's going to come and how we're going to be brought together even more and this community is just going to build and build and build really really i'm grateful and thank you for all of you listeners if you want to help us take this whole mission to the next level in 2022 it doesn't start with joining learn to thrive january or february or march it doesn't it doesn't start there it starts right now if you could just spend literally 10 15 seconds uh, doing a little screenshot of of the podcast player that you're listening to and share that on your social media tag us help us push this podcast to more people right now we're in 103 countries we want to get to them all and apparently there's over 180 190 I, I 192 193 i think we're looking at we're nearly there 90 more guys can you help us get in 90 more 91 countries. Uh, and, and if you want to be that dedicated soul to move house to just one of our countries, we will happily send you that list. Um, but no, on a serious note, if you could spend just 30 seconds, leave us a review. And like that would be awesome. Just help push this podcast. It's totally free and we want it to keep it that way um, just because we love it so much. And we know that you guys do too. There we are. There we are. So with that said, best wishes. Merry New Year, as Aidan would say. <laughs> and of course, we will see you in the wonderful 2022. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you in person soon. Hey, it's Aidan here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside, so to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there. Or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.